it's not common to see so much change in the top 500, especially in the top 10. And we saw three changes. We finally have a system on the top 500 list that has exceeded the Exaflop milestone. The thing is that as you keep pushing the ceiling up, the floor actually goes lower sometimes. From Orion X in association with Inside HPC, this is the At HPC podcast. Join Shaheen Khan and Doug Black as they discuss supercomputing technologies and the applications, markets, and policies that shape them. Thank you for being with us. Hi, Shaheen. Great to be with you again. Great to be with you. Hope your travels were good and safe to ISC. You got all the news. It was great to be there. And there were many expressions of happiness by everybody. And the show itself, there was just a really nice, positive energy about it. It was not quite at the same scale as three years ago, but it was good. And the booths were not on the same scale, even the biggest, but the show floor was jammed with people. And there also was not very much mask wearing. Oh, that's surprising. And now, now it's come out, I'd say maybe 20% mask wearing. And we've heard since then that new cases of COVID have come up among the attendees. So that's too bad. I hope nobody had underlying health problems. It turns into serious cases, but there you go. Yeah. So I was tracking it mostly on social media and various online activities. And I did sense a lot of excitement to meet in person. Yeah. And that was really nice. But then let's talk about the big, big news of the event. What was that? Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> it was it was Frontier and Exascale, the top 500. So we finally have a system on the top 500 list that has exceeded the Exaflop milestone. And apparently there was some degree of last minute tuning by HPE and Oak Ridge people to get the system across the Exascale line. Yeah, that was really fun for me to see. I read that and, and I brought a smile to my face because for a good while when I was at Cray and then at Sun Microsystems, the benchmarking team was part of my team. Some of the best in the industry with experience with all kinds of architectures and commercial and database and transactions, all of the above. So it was pretty routine for us to plan a benchmark one of these industry standard benchmarks like six months in advance and try to race against it. And invariably it would hockey stick in a big way. Like two weeks <laughs> before our deadline, we're like half the performance that we would eventually be. And then somehow in the last 48 hours, it would just spike hype and it you know, finally make it there. So that last minute stuff is really exhilarating and kudos to the team who did that. This is incredibly hard work and 24-7, especially that last home stretch. So well done for them. Yeah. I think the big question was around slingshot, but if you know the Linpack benchmark, it's designed to engage the entire system and stress the entire system. So whatever issues they're having with Slingshot have been, at least as far as running this benchmark run, have been addressed. Absolutely. I know manufacturing, computing manufacturing facilities that use Limpack as a test kernel, exactly mm. because it does exercise a lot of the system all at the same time. Also notable was the director of ORNL saying, if I'm not mistaken, that within 10 seconds of firing up the benchmark, it was drawing like 15 megawatts of power. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. There you go. There's another indicator yeah. Yeah, of full system engagement. Now, we had a very nice interview conversation with Jeff Nichols of Oak Ridge on our April 6th edition of this 
podcast. So I encourage everybody to go listen to that. If you haven't, it's got a lot of the information and how to put the system together, how they did it through COVID and all that. So very, very informative there. Yeah. So what else? Certainly HPE, TSMC, and most of all, AMD were the heroes of the conference. The AMD booth seemed to be just jammed with people throughout every time I saw it. You know, AMD is just going great guns. And I remember five years ago, they said, hey, we've got stuff coming online that's just going to blow away everybody on price performance. And, you know, knowing AMD's history, I sort of rolled my eyes at the time or at least took a wait and see attitude. But boy, they've really executed. No, I think these are really interesting times. Obviously, AMD is king of the hill right now, doing really well. NVIDIA's no slouch and continues to be highly formidable and shows up pretty well. As you were saying before the show, it's not common to see so much change in the top 500, especially in the top 10. And we saw three changes. That is really nice. Yeah. But I see that as a result, InfiniBand is under challenge because people are doing their own interconnects and there's sufficient standards out there to enable that. But HPE is also a global titan for these super high-end systems, as well as the regional players that are going to win regional deals like Atos in Europe and Fujitsu in Japan, and obviously the Chinese players. And we should talk about the Chinese exascale systems too. Well, we should say, you know, apparently by all accounts, they have two exascale systems, one of which has been fully operational for more than a year. So if we're looking at this in terms of a race, Frontier won't be end user operational until the end of this year. They're saying Mm -hmm. January 1st. So if we're looking at this as a race, we're about 18 months behind China. Right. But I love it that this one has a lot more information available about it. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of reassuring, you know. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I think those folks who have a high-end system but don't share the details also run the risk of not being believed as exactly how useful it is. Was it just this one benchmark that you managed to do? How does it perform for real applications? You know, I keep remembering a quote attributed to David Cook, who was a professor at University of Illinois and one of the early pioneers of parallel compilers. He was quoted as saying that it's not the maximum performance of these systems that's interesting. It's the minimum performance. (laughs) (laughs) And where is that floor? And the thing is that as you keep pushing the ceiling up, the floor actually goes lower sometimes. You have to accommodate lower performance when things are bad so we can get really high performance when things are good. Mm -hmm. So the fit of the application to the system becomes a lot more important. Okay, yeah. You know, your comment about these regional players with their own architectures, that also reflects this growing trend of indigenous technology that especially in HPC, players want to be in control of their own sources of technology, not reliant on potential rivals and actual adversaries. Very, very important. Very important. Now, of course, Intel has been trying to regain its mojo. Yeah. But they did have a very, very nice announcement this past week. Yeah. Please talk about that because it was easy to overlook them at this conference with all the glam and spotlight going to, especially to AMD, but also HP. And But please, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, Frontier dominated and it sort of overshadowed a bunch of other good things that always go on. But what you need to know, if I can summarize it that way, is that on the GPU front, they talked about what comes after Ponte Vecchio, and that's Rialto Bridge, another bridge in Venice. On the combination of CPU and GPU, so-called XPU, they talked about Falcon Shores that is tile-based, scalable, and it targets something like 5x better performance per watt, 5x compute density, memory capacity, memory bandwidth. All of them are targeted at 5x. And then for 
CPUs, they talked about Granite Rapids that comes after Sapphire Rapids. And for special systems, they talked about Habana under the Gaudi brand. It does take a bunch of attention to keep track of all these brands. And then they talked about Zeta Scale. They included a mention of Risk V in Zeta Scale, which is interesting. And they talked about the roadmap to Zeta Scale. We did an episode on Zeta Scale when we went through all of these different pieces. And that was a pretty well-received episode. So go listen to that too if you haven't. And then on the software front, which is really what I was very pleased to see and impressed to see, a lot of different things were announced. The top that I would mention is that they are pushing for openness and open source capability, which is great. They talked about one API for development. They talked about DAOS, which is DAOS for as a parallel file system at scale. And then they talked about Intel DCM for data center management or again, manageability of the systems. As it relates to Zetascale, they talked about optical IO. They talked about the universal chiplet interconnect express, which is a consortium with a lot of other players, including ARM and a dozen others that is going to standardize or aim to standardize the interconnect inside a die. And then they mentioned University of Cambridge and many other centers of excellence, but Cambridge stood out to me because they've got their DAOs storage thing in production. So all in all, well done, and it was well delivered, and kudos to them as well. Yeah, I mean, they're clearly in a regrouping mode. Maybe that's too strong a word, but they're kind of rebuilding their HPC positioning. You know, we'll have to see where it all leads to, but certainly there it seems to be very impressive stuff. And they also talked, by the way, about this whole XPU roadmap. So right, right. there's this common platform for... CPUs, GPUs, FPGAs, etc. Now, they do refer to what they do as super space compute. Yeah. That's their branding that can be kind of annoying if you're, why not just call it supercomputing? But I suppose it does make it more memorable, perhaps not exactly in an enthusiastic way. <laughs> not in a positive way. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, I kept thinking that I, I got my hand on a typo or something, but apparently not. They really do want to go with that branding. So. There you have it. <laughs> exactly. uh, right. Now, Thomas Sterling gave his annual final night keynote in which he looks over the past year in HPC, talks about the highlights. It's always a well-attended session. Yeah, he's a very deep person, yes. Yeah, and one of the themes he brought up that you and I have talked about, Shaheen, is the static nature, somewhat static nature of the top 500 list. Summit and Sierra were either one, two, or two, three for four years. Mm-hmm. And... We finally have a break in that with Frontier number one, but also Lumi, the HPE system at the supercomputing center in Finland for Europe at number three. So part of his comments were about the lengthening life cycle of these systems, reflecting the incredible cost of them, but also their usefulness as leadership systems. Although that may also be changing because we now have three new ones in the top 10 and lots of systems on the horizon that are likely to join them like Aurora and El Capitan and others that are already pretty prominent, even their test beds are pretty prominent. So I think when you are a frontier and you show up as number one and you're more powerful than the next seven combined, you're going to stay there for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. By the way, he also talked about sort of a repositioning of HPC where AI is just increasingly joined at the hip. And one thing I came away from the show is I did one interview in which 
the company I spoke to said, you know, you're talking about HPC, but what we're really doing is HPC AI. Hmm. And I guess the spelling of that is HPC forward slash AI. So I'm determined to adopt that as my new kind of generic term. Yeah, well, I tried to popularize HP AI because I thought that the only part of AI that is really worth <laughs> looking at and interesting is the part that is informed by HPC, which is deep learning yeah. and associated algorithms. But yeah, I think the convergence of HPC and AI in both directions, HPC enabling AI and then AI yeah. at the service of HPC is very important. And I didn't mean to keep advertising our previous episodes, but we did have another fabulous episode with Rick Stevens, two of them, in fact, about mm. the role of AI in science that you all should also go and listen to if you haven't. Yes, it was great stuff. So finally, we have student cluster competition, which is always a wonderful part of ISC and also SC and also the other events that are held around the world. All of that is really quite wonderful. You know, without a doubt, if you're hiring people, I would just hire student cluster competition members sight unseen. They're mm. all just super wonderful. And they get stuff done that is really hard to do. But the one to note this time was UPC, University Politecnico de Catalonia in Spain, that had a RISC-V system for the first time. Interesting. And these guys are pretty good pioneers. Like about a decade ago, they had an ARM-based system when nobody else was thinking about it. And their latest one was RISC-V with boards coming from Sci-Fi. And they managed to win the fan favorite award, which is no surprise, but kudos to them as well. Yeah, great work. Well, great to be with you as always, Shaheen. All right. This concludes our post VOISC22. And until next time, thank you. We'll talk again soon. That's it for this episode of the At HPC podcast. Every episode is featured on InsideHPC.com and posted on OrionX.net. Use the comment section or tweet us with any questions or to propose topics of discussion. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The At HPC podcast is a production of OrionX in association with InsideHPC. Thank you for listening.